Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Space is weird, and with radio telescopes, it just keeps getting weirder. Now, radio telescopes use large telescopic arrays, not in the way that we use with optical, but they can help us understand, really, the strange things that are occurring deep inside the centres of our galaxies and scattered across our own galaxy as well, from large pulsing emittings to weird strands of super-accelerated particles, using radio telescopes to discover the weird things in space. Space is really weird, and I don't just mean that it has some strange and unusual occurrences in it. A lot of the time, the sense of scale and size is really lost when we talk about things in space. For example, the fact that Jupiter can fit all of the objects inside our solar system and still have space for some spare Neptunes and hundreds of spare Earths before being full. And yet when you see all the planets lined up next to each other in a nice little constellation diagram, it doesn't seem that big at all. Scale is one thing that can make space so weird and difficult to get their head around. But there's also other challenges as well. Sometimes there's just really weird things that we can't explain. And we take them for granted because when we stare up at the night sky or deep into the night sky, we get glimpses occasionally of some pretty unusual things. And that's exactly what happened to researcher Fahad Yousafzadeh, who in the 1980s was studying, using various forms of radio and optical telescopy, the interior of the Milky Way galaxy. And what he discovered in the 1980s, many 30 plus years ago, was that there was some beautiful but striking, almost filament-like strings, like almost that of a harp, at regular spaced intervals, these gashes, which he termed these kind of magnetic filaments. Now, these filaments in the 1980s was able to study in, in more detail, and they were found basically to be comprised of cosmic ray electrons, gyrating a magnetic field at nearly the speed of light, causing these large vertical gashes in the images he's able to take. Now, that in of itself was pretty striking, to find these harp-like strings near the centre of the Milky Way. But the thing is, that's a lot of time, and time in Earth technology terms is also a pretty amazing thing too, because our technology of instrumentation has also radically changed since this first initial discovery. And that's why, now 30 years later, Bahaz Yusuf Zadeh and other researchers from Northwestern University have published in the journal The Astrophysical Letters, where Zadeh, as a professor of physics astronomy at Northwestern, and a large team of collaborators, including others from Oxford University, and those, of course, operating the South African Radio Astronomy Observatory, SARO, and using, in particular, SARO's Meerkat Telescope. They managed to take a mosaic of 20 separate observations of different sections of the sky around the centre of the Milky Way. 25,000 light-years away from Earth, this centre region of the Milky Way is one that we know somewhere inside is lurking a supermassive black hole, but there's also a whole bunch of other weird stuff going on there. And these 20 separate mosaic images pieced together, collected with data from over 200 hours of observational time. They're expanding on this small image sample that Yusuf Zadeh was able to take all those years ago back in the 1980s. But this time, there was way, way more data. Instead of a couple of strings of these light, these cosmic ray beams, well, he's managed to find way more than that. Thousands, in fact. 
and that's enough to start to get some interesting data. Now, you see, looking at this huge region of space around the center of the Milky Way galaxy, you can find all kinds of just weird stuff when you image such a large area of space. This includes, you know, radio emissions from lots of phenomena, outbursting stars, lots of new stellar nurseries, even newly discovered supernova remnants. These are all fascinating and amazing, but that's not what this particular paper is about. What they were doing is they got enough data and with the capabilities of modern radio telescopes, they can actually get really amazing images, images that look like modern art. You see these little clusters of stars in different regions of space, and then all these large vertical gashes, these harp-like strings or filaments as we've talked about earlier, but they're just scattered all over this incredibly large image. So, what on earth is causing all of these filaments of, of super-accelerated cosmic rays? Well, it's a fascinating thing to discover, and the, the answer is we just don't know at this point in time. Now, the good part, though, is we have now lots and lots of examples of this, and that's where you can do statistical analysis on it. Zeta likes to point out that, well, if you know the height of one person on Earth, that's interesting, but you might make some incorrect assumptions about what height is. Maybe you meet a really tall person, maybe you meet a really short person, but you just don't know. Now, if you sample an entire population, well, then you start to learn more. Maybe you sampled only one country, but if you scatter and look at a wider range of countries, well, then you learn even more about the fundamental principle of height and how it relates to things like diet or culture or genetics. In the same way, by studying thousands of these filaments scattered across the center of the Milky Way, you can start to learn a lot about them. You can measure things like their length, their angle, what they're bending around and towards. And from this, you can start to categorize them and understand at the heart the phenomena that might be causing them. Now, there is a variation in radiation emitting from these filaments. And it's not like you would see from a newly uncovered supernova remnant which means that perhaps it has a different type of radiation, probably not the same source as a supernova. And it's probably more likely that these filaments are related somehow to the past activity of the Milky Way's central supermassive black hole, rather than, well, outbursts created by some kind of supernova. Now, it's possible also that these filaments are related to some really strange and really massive radio-emitting bubbles which Yusuf Zadeh and colleagues discovered back in 2019. Now, this is one of the things with a lot of radio observations, you can get all kinds of weird data and these large, massive, you know, galaxy, not galaxy size, but huge sectors of space-sized bubbles, radio-emitting bubbles. Well, that was a pretty fascinating thing they discovered. And it's possible that the same source here is related to their filaments because they're in sort of a similar region. Now, these filaments are normally often clustered together, like we said before, in sort of rigid lines like guitar or harp strings. Now, filaments within clusters are separated from each other with almost perfectly equal distances, about the distance between the Earth and the Sun. That is amazing level of structure, but it means there has to be a really detailed phenomenon governing why that structure is happening. So that's a question we don't know the answer to, but the structure and repeatedness of it is a pretty interesting fact in and of itself. Another thing is how you manage to accelerate these cosmic ray electrons to such a high speed, getting them so close to the speed of light. Now, there's got to be either some source ejecting these particles or manipulating these particles in some way along that little arc journey. So, 
now they can catalogue and analyse the angle, the curve, the magnetic field, the spectrum, and the intensity of all these different filaments, the thousands of filaments that they've discovered. And hopefully they'll give us a deeper understanding about these really strange phenomena that are lurking near the centre of our galaxy. And of course, this is just the centre of our Milky Way galaxy. Like in the example before, we have just looked at the heights of, of people in, in one city. But if we were to look across a country or across the world, we might find out different things. And while we have seen these phenomena here or in the centre of the Milky Way, perhaps there are others out there in other galaxies as well, which would certainly help our understanding. But Yusuf Zadar and his team have a lot of more work to do cataloguing and analysing these. And as more radio telescopes come online, we have a better idea of what we can train these radio telescopes to look at for example, and find at the centre of our galaxy. This is a great example of coming back to an old concept and research with new technology and using that new technology to enlighten ourselves. Maybe not get the complete picture, but at least make it a bit more clear. And that's what Yusuf Zadar and his team have done here and published in the journal Astrophysical Journal of Letters. telescopes have come a long way and when we piece them together in large arrays like SARA or perhaps like the Murchison Widefield Array in Western Australia you can start to find all kinds of strange and unusual things. Now the Murchison Widefield Array is one of the many large observatories in Western Australia on the Wajari Yamachi land uh, managed by SARA and it's one of the newly upcoming researchers that will form parts of in future large collaborative projects like the Square Kilometre Array which are collaborations between Western Australian radio telescopes and South Africa. Now, while we're waiting for that to be fully up online, the instruments like the Murchison Wildfield Array can help us learn a lot and can also help us find really strange objects. And that's exactly what happened in a recent paper published in the journal Nature, with a team of collaborators, including researchers from Shanghai Astronomical Observatory, as well as researchers, of course, from Western Australia at university, including, actually, an undergraduate honours student, Tyrone O'Dorotrick, who first discovered it, working together with supervisors like, like Dr. Gemma Anderson and Dr. Natasha Hurley-Walker. Now, this research group was interested in some pretty unusual data that they managed to find. And what they discovered was something that was really, really unnerving. Because when we think about the sky, we think about stuff that's relatively well understood with things that we, you know, expect to see there. We may not know everything in space, but we can sort of have a rough expectation of what we find any time we turn on a telescope to go look at space. Now, what they found unusually was a kind of unexpected or spooky thing that occurred. There was an object that was flashing, disappearing and reappearing over a few hours during the observations. And it was releasing huge bursts of energy, three times an hour. Now, that's a, a pretty rapid frequency of pulsing. And not only that, it was actually really close, astronomically speaking, 4,000 light years away, which is practically our galactic backyard. So there's this really strange object flashing really fast, releasing a huge amount of energy that's not that far away. All of these things make for a pretty exciting mystery. Now, the thing is, we know 
and have studied for many different years all kinds of what astronomers call transients. These are objects that appear and then disappear. A slow transient is like a supernova, something that might appear over a few days and then disappear after a few months. Now, we've known and tracked observations of supernova for thousands of years. We have records, historic records, that go back and describe what were actually supernova. Now, fast transients, on the other hand, things like a neutron star called a pulsar flash on and off within milliseconds or seconds. Now, there's something in between this really fast pulsing pulsar and the big explosion of a supernova. And that's where this object seems to fit. It's giving out a lot of energy, like a pulsar, but it's really, really slow. Like three times an hour is nowhere near the fast pulsing lighthouse nature that you normally associate with a pulsar. The other part about the light being emitted by this object is that it's really, really interesting. It's emitting highly polarized radio waves. Now, that kind of thing only happens. Really structured, really ordered and polarized radio waves only really occur when you have something guiding them and shaping them, like a really strong magnetic field. And it's really possible, as Dr. Hurley Walker suggests in the paper, that it's actually a kind of ultra-slow, really slowly rotating magnetar. Now, that's a really slow-spinning neutron star that we think theoretically could exist, but we've never actually found one. Now, it's converting magnetic energy into radio waves way more efficiently than anything we've ever seen before, which is why its intensity of radio source is so blinding. And that's why, for a radio telescope, it's so easy to find because it's like creating a huge dump of magnetic energy. But because it's actually spinning really slowly, period of this flashing is actually quite slow, enough for us to be able to easily detect. Rather than being a large, huge source of noise, it's actually pulsing and pulsing on and off in a gentle way that actually makes it relatively easy to find. Now, obviously, we don't know if this is a rare one-off phenomenon or perhaps a wider phenomenon that we can see in other places. Now, this type of slow-spinning magnetar probably isn't that common, at least we haven't seen one yet before. But as we have more radio telescopes coming online, we can start to look for them and trace this type of signature. As instruments like the Square Kilometer Array come online, we'll get a really good ability to scan huge wide arrays of space and pick up some unusual objects like this, a huge slowly pulsing magnetar. And it goes to show that the more collaboration we have with smaller telescope and teams working together, we can actually build up a huge set of data over the huge region of space and find and unearth all of these strange objects lurking inside of it that is often too hard to find with one single telescope or one single research team. This is some great research published in the journal Nature with researchers from Curtin University along with Shanghai Astronomical Observatory all published in the journal Nature. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. Radio telescopes can help us discover unusual things lurking inside our galaxy, from, from superfast particles creating regular harp-like filaments scattered across a galaxy, to super-slow pulsing magnetars. Our ending theme was composed by Audionatics. Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.